Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you're feeling good. And if you're not, it's okay. You know that. Take a deep breath. Now it's a good day. All right. So listen, I shuffled the cards for today's episode. I was feeling around, said, hey, here's the spot. I'm going to draw a card. Drew a card. Two came out. They were stuck together. I was like, really? Okay. So I'm going to read both cards for you. Um, and we'll see what happens. So the first card that came forward, you know, was, um, the three of cups and then the card behind it is the page of swords. Now what's interesting is that both cards came reversed and I was like, you know, maybe I need to just look at my cards, put them all right side up and shuffle them from there. But no, we're not going to do that. Okay. So three of cups, here's the shadow side. A need to see the value you bring to a relationship. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's not a bad shadow to have though, because, well, never mind. <laughs> Let's continue. Uh, disputes or miscommunication, feeling left out, sometimes a love triangle and a need to make amends. Hmm. That's interesting. Interesting. Because the light side, the light seer side is friendships, abundance, cooperation, community, closeness, joy, communication, celebration, and soul contracts. So we are looking at the opposite. We're looking at the, the shadow side and this need to see value you bring to a relationship. I take back what I initially said. It means that you're in low self-esteem mode because you're wondering if you're doing enough for a relationship. And when you start asking that kind of question, it's one of two things. Either you are suffering from this feeling of inadequacy where, you know, you're like, oh, they do all this stuff for me. Am I doing the equal amount? Am I reciprocating properly? Or you might be in a relationship that actually is not to your best and highest good where you're like, okay, I don't really want to put the energy and, in, in, you know, into this relationship. Why is that? Why does it feel hard why am I not pulling my weight, so to speak? Because maybe that relationship is not, is no longer viable, not meant for you, not, you know, something for your life anymore, which is interesting because Venus has been retrograde for a while and she just turned direct a few days ago. And now we've taken inventory of our relationships, which ones are staying, which ones are going, which ones are we going to let go? Okay. So let's see what the guidebook says here. The packs you run with and the kindred connections you forge are not always defined by blood, yet they are your living and breathing support system. Deep friendships are the family we choose, and these sacred connections are to be cherished and nurtured. 
in the best and worst of times, your companions serve as mirrors, allowing you to see who you really are through their eyes. Who do you need to reach out to for support? Call in your besties and enjoy the warm laughter that comes from a powerful soul group. You're mutually loving, mutually is italicized, friends, just so you know. Your mutually loving and beneficial bond carries vibrational attractions that are often ancient, and any setbacks arising from miscommunication or disharmony with others may be old wounds or patterns that are resurfacing to be healed. Hmm, can we pause on that for a second? So if we are having miscommunication or disharmony, let's look at that and say, where does that come from? Is there a wound there? Is there a pattern that started in childhood, maybe? Just asking questions. Um, If an important connection has gone awry, it may be time to make amends. Or, and this is my piece that's not in the guidebook, it's time to reevaluate whether or not that relationship is in alignment with you. Because it may have been important, you know, a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago. And as you grow and evolve, did that relationship grow and evolve with you? Because if it didn't, then maybe it's not time to make amends. You know, I just want to put that caveat there. If you need to commit more energy to cultivating relationships, trust your heart to lead you. Hmm. See, I like that part. Okay, so the mantra that comes with this card is I connect into the sacred siblinghood and into this expansive experience of witnessing through me. Hmm. Isn't that lovely? Love that. Okay, now the second card. And you know how I feel about the swords. The suit of swords is sharp. And yes, that is an intentional pun because every time I pull swords, I'm always like, ow. (laughs) so the page of swords comes to us reversed here is the shadow side arrogance gossip nervous energy being all talk and no action Ooh, and dishonesty that all talk and no action that's so interesting okay so here we go curious and intelligent this page has a thirst for knowledge that seems unquenchable remember i'm reading like the light seer side right now okay so we want to think about the opposite or what's hidden She's an incredibly quick-witted communicator, and she's often compelled to share her many ideas or messages with others. At times, she's so talkative that it becomes too much for others to process, and her intense energy can come as unsettled or even nervous. (laughs) This is, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Kidding. She suggests using an air of inventiveness in your current pursuit. Your goals will be met by walking a path of honest discovery, especially where others are concerned. Keep the light bulbs of curiosity turned on and cultivate a beginner's mindset as you strive to learn new things. Avoid falling into gossip or even arrogance with your communication. Mm -hmm. This is the shadow side, people. In shadow, this page can be all talk and no action. Remember that everyone who crosses your path has something specific to teach you and that mirrors are all around. And sometimes the lessons that they teach you, this is me talking now, are not so obvious right away. Just want to say that. You're not going to be like interacting with somebody. Oh, this is the lesson. No, no, no. The thing is going to happen. The event's going to happen. The lesson's going to happen. And then you're going to sit there and be like, oh, that happened. 
And some time will pass and be like, oh, that happened. Yeah. And then you get it. Um, sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's not. But be gentle with yourself. Okay. So remain open to unexpected lessons. Share truthfully and delight in every interaction. But remember, don't talk too much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so the mantra with this one is I learn and I expand my consciousness and open up new opportunities for my life. So those are your two cards, my friends. Very interesting pairing here. And I think it was interesting that I think that's the first time or maybe not the first time, maybe the second time something like that has happened where two cards got stuck together and I ended up with two cards and I was like, oh, okay, that's fun. (laughs) Okay. So my friends, I wanted to talk today a little bit about, um, somatics. And it's interesting that these cards come up because we're talking about relationships, right? And when you're in a relationship with somebody, it could be a friendship, could be family relationships. It could be, um, you know, romantic partners. It could be work people. Anytime you are interacting with another human being, that's a relationship. I have a relationship with the, you know, target, checkout person, for example. Actually, no, I do self-checkout, so not really. Maybe you're your barista, right? The person, you know, you get coffee from, you talk to them or chit-chat or even just people in passing, you know, like maybe you are buying something and you make small talk with them. You are in relationship with them, even if it's brief, right? So when I talk about relationships, it's not just romantic ones because that's what people tend to gravitate towards. Um, So I'm speaking generally about relationships and Venus in retrograde was this time for us to review and reflect on the relationships in our life. And now we are in that moment of clearing when we're on the other side of the dark fog of review. Now we're still in Mercury retrograde. So communication's a little wonky, we'll say. But it's important for us to think about these relationships that we have in our lives, right? Sometimes there are those relationships that you're so used to having around and then realize, oh, well, why is it so hard to be in relationship with them? Why is it so hard to interact? And that's when the invitation to take a closer look is given, Now, when I'm talking about somatics, I'm talking about the body and we can use the body as a tool to determine, for example, whether a relationship is a good one for us or not. So you ever, um, well, I'll just give you a personal example. So during the Mercury retrograde, which I think is so, Venus retrograde, which I think is so interesting because I didn't plan it. I mean, we never plan things, right? But a um, a former lover came into my, re-entered my life, not like physically, but just over um, the internet waves, messaging, things like that. And um, we were friendly, you know, it was just like, we were just texting back and forth, just kind of joking around. And it was nice to, to interact with him. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like we can just make jokes and um, talk about some other things that um, we want to share about ourselves, you know, that kind of thing. And I was sort of feeling out 
the situation. I didn't know if this was going to be just a friends kind of thing, if it was going to be, you know, potential for like romance. I don't know. I just kind of was enjoying the, the back and forth, the banter on, on messaging, right? We didn't even talk like physically on a phone. Like there was no phone, live phone conversation or anything like that, which is interesting to me also considering that I hadn't seen him in about 20 some odd years. Um, so yeah, which is, which is also funny to think because I haven't seen him in 20 some odd years in my brain. He's still 23 years old. <laughs> right. So, um, we're going back and forth. And then there was something that there was an exchange that happened where I said something about fighting capitalism and something about the academy, you know, like higher education or whatever. And he misread it. And the misread was so interesting because it revealed something about him and his beliefs and his political stance and things like that. And yes, yes. When I, when I interact with people, um, politics and activism tend to come up. So it's not your everyday, you know, Hey, what movie did you watch today? Kind of thing. Um, so he said something and I was like, Oh, he misread my text. And then he said something about, um, I, I think I said something along the lines of, you know, capitalism is, is killing us, you know, it's grinding us to death. And he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> or something to that effect. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then he misread my, my text message. Um, Cause I said something along the lines of like, I, you know, academia is not my life. That's not only my only thing that I do in my life. And he read it as, you know, academia is my life. And I was like, what? And he made a comment about like, you know, get with the real world. And it's, it felt really, um, I don't know, it felt a little aggressive that I was like, oh, okay. I mean, he felt very strongly about, I guess, anti-academics or something to that effect. And I sensed that he believed that capitalism was not killing us. <laughs> so I was like, mm, I don't know. And then he, I guess, realized that he had misread my text message and said something. He's like, oh, he's like, I totally misread your message, but then didn't say anything to correct what he had initially said. So I wasn't sure if him saying, I'm sorry, I misread your text. I was waiting for I meant to say blah, 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 like some sort of course correction, but nothing happened. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And I didn't respond and decided like I wasn't going to respond. And I was just going to leave it at that. I ghosted him basically. Um, I mean, he, he has my number and if he wanted to reach out and reconnect, he can, if he wanted to say, you know, sorry for the mix up. Um, you know, how you doing, whatever I want to continue, if he wants to continue messaging or whatever, cool, but he hasn't. And I think that's really interesting. So, and I have no desire to reach out to him. Like, I don't, 
have this desire in my body to be like, oh, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, back back in my 20s, you know, I, I probably would have been like, oh, my God, did I say something wrong? Oh, let's pretend that never happened. Let's reconnect. Let's continue on. Because my body was like, oh, I need somebody or, you know, it was this, oh, I need to people please, you know, that people pleasing feeling in your body is, well, first of all, people pleasing is a um, sympathetic nervous system response. It's one of the, one of the responses to protect oneself and people pleasing is found in fawn. So there's four F's, right? When we have our parasympathetic nervous system in action, it's freeze and flight or ah, fight or flight. That's the one that people most are familiar with. Then there's freeze and then there's fawn. Okay. So we freeze because we think if we don't move, the person who or thing that's threatening us will move on. That's why some people play dead. You know, the threat will move on. When it's fawn, it is how can I appease the person who wants to attack me, harm me in some way? How can I appease them? How can I please them so that they will forget that they wanted to harm me? That their anger or their rage is soothed because I am pleasing them. I'm meeting whatever needs they have. And so people pleasing shows up in my body as a tightness. I mean, most responses from the parasympathetic nervous nervous system feel that initial tightness of, okay, what, what's, what's the next plan? And there is a feeling of shrinking. So maybe the shoulders will hunch over the, the back will curve, you know, you'll feel your organs almost coming in together, bunching in together. And so back in the day, my people pleasing skills were, you know, at their height where I might have felt the rounding of the back and the rounding of the shoulders and reached out to this person to say, Hey, you know, sorry for the mix up or whatever. Do you want to hang out? You know, do you want to, you know, get coffee or whatever and sweep it under the rug because underneath that shrinking and that smallness is a fear is a gripping of, I don't want to be alone. Or what if this person leaves me? What will I do then? I'll be alone, you know, whatever. And being alone is not safe. So there's a few different things happening there. So this time around though, I was like, yeah, okay, go on with your bad self. You know, (laughs) I got my own, I got my own, you know, people, I got my own love. I got my own relationship with myself. I got lots of people around me. And so this is what somatic work does. It helps to reprogram our nervous system response. It helps to create new neural pathways so that when we find ourselves in a particular situation, we can break that auto response, that autopilot response that we've had 
you know, maybe even since our, our 20s, I was going to say since we were children, but even in our 20s, you know, we're in our 20s, we're still trying to figure out who we are. We're still trying to figure out how to create safe safety, safety for ourselves. And so <clears throat> what I um, noticed is when he, you know, had that, we had that weird text exchange and then there was silence. I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's fine. And that's part of the being a stretcher grade for me was like, okay, this relationship came into my life. I interacted with it a little bit and then I saw where it was going and I let it go because I could see if, even if that was just like an offhand error of a remark, that was a remark that was showing him and his true colors where I was like, oh, and in my head, I was like, oh, I don't remember you being like that. that that's interesting. So, okay. And I thought to my, I could see myself in a flash, like if I were to pursue this, right, because I'm lonely, I want to hang out with somebody, um, it would be nice just to have adult conversation, that kind of thing. If I pursued that, I could foresee that it was not going to be good, that there would be like some tension, there would be some difference of opinions which would result into fighting. And, you know, I'm not saying that we can predict the future, you know, because who knows, maybe I, my prediction's all wrong, but my body was telling me, no, this, this person is not for you. My body was like, look at what is happening. The muscles are crunching. You're getting irritated and pissed off. And it's not about, let me give that person the benefit of the doubt. No, this person showed a glimpse of who they really are in that miscommunication and your body recognized it right away. So listen to the body. You know, I think it was Maya Angelou who said, when people show you who, you, who they are the first time, believe them, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to do that. And why I'm talking about this is because I am interested in teaching people, helping people tune into their bodies. We live in a largely disembodied existence these days, right? 2020 began this new era of human life, human existence, where Yes, we made connections, but it was over screens, over pixels, over binary code. And yes, there is still energy on a Zoom call. But sometimes, and I don't know if this is true for you, but sometimes for me, I'm like, did that really happen? Did I actually have a really great conversation with XYZ, you know, whoever it is? Or did I imagine that? Did I, who was it that I talked to when I talked about this thing? Was it a comment on uh, a thread on Facebook or was it on a Zoom call? Did I talk to somebody on the phone or was it over email? I mean, I, I think I would usually be able to know what I said over the phone, but these days I don't, you know? A lot of the time for me, 
I'm more likely to remember things that happen in person with the like live and in person, like the person is in front of me than other things. But we live in a really fast paced, ridiculously quickly moving fast paced society now that everything is blurring together. Who I said to whom, when, what, it all is indistinguishable. I mean, thankfully I can look at my history in my browser or my email or whatever, but it really does a number on my brain and on my sensitivity to what my body's trying to tell me. And so I want us to get back into the practice of tuning into our bodies. Somatics are really about listening to what messages the body is telling us. It's a cue. It's like, hey, you know what? This is what's going on. Ooh, you're not feeling so good. You should, you know, check that out. Ooh, you feel like eating a hamburger even though you've been vegetarian for a year? You know what? Go get that hamburger because you're going to feel better. That actually happened to me. I was vegetarian for, I don't know, a year, year and a half. And um, I was out with a friend. And we went to this this bar and grill. And I was like, man, I really feel like having a hamburger. And my friend was like, well, then have a hamburger. And I was like, I don't know. I, I haven't had red meat in a year and a half. What's that going to do to my stomach, my whole system? Well, I don't know. She's like, well get it and then take a few bites see how it feels and if it's not good then order the salad and I'm like oh okay I said I also want a beer with that burger (laughs) but I've been alcohol free for a while and she goes well you're not gonna know until you try it so test it out and then if it's not good you don't have to finish it and I was like okay okay and I'm gonna tell you that meal with my friend Veronica who is my twin soul sister she oh my god it was the best meal ever like in a long time I was like oh my god this is so delicious the beer the burger the company the whole reason we were at this place anyway was just all freaking amazing and memorable and I was like oh This is what it means to listen to my body. Because my body was like, yes, thank you. Thank you for giving us a little bit of red meat. Thank you for giving us some iron. We need the meat to ground us because we've been in freaking, you know, earth uh, spiritual planes for a while. We need to come back to earth. (laughs) And so somatics help us navigate this human life, this human existence, where we can connect and tune into our bodies so that we know what's happening with our minds and spirits. The three are intertwined and it doesn't serve us to only focus on one. Mind, body, and spirit. People say it all the time, but it's really crucial for us to pay attention to those connections. You know, people talk about mindset all the time. If you shift your mindset, this will happen. If you shift your mindset, this will happen. If you, you know, write affirmations forever, then you can change your mindset. Great, great. But what are you doing about the body? You might be doing mindset stuff, but your body's like, I'm not buying that. 
you could be so aware. And this is this is something this is something that I come across with a lot of people, clients and students. We can have all the self-awareness in the world. We can know why we do the things that we do, why we have these patterns. We can trace them down to the very first memory. But why do we still do it? Why does our system say, yeah, you know that stuff, but I don't believe it. I don't believe you. For example, you know, self-love, you know, self-love is so important. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And your body's like, do you, do you love yourself? Cause I don't feel it because you work 12 hour days, sleep for four hours and you keep going. Is that really love? Is that what, how you show love to your friends? Is that what you would make them do? You would make them go and like work 12 hours and tell them they're only allowed to sleep for four and, and do the thing again, you know? So it's really a matter of making that connection so that you can synchronize the mind and the mindset and whatever self-awareness you have and embody it, register that in the body. Now, sometimes the things that you're aware of are trauma. And so you don't want to re-traumatize your body. How do you release the trauma, the emotional charge of that event so that when your body recalls it, it doesn't kick into uh, sympathetic mode, sympathetic nervous system response, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. How do you reconcile what you know in your mind with your whole body? That is the missing piece, my friends. And so this is what I am going to be talking about the next few weeks, hopefully. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, what was I saying? Um, but yes, I am, I am, my work is becoming more refined the work that I do with clients, we are talking about somatics. We are talking about embodying the mindset shifts that we work on. You know, it's important for both to happen. And if you're like, well, how do you do that? Well, you'll find out in the next few episodes, <laughs> or you can, you know, send me an email and reach out and see how it goes. Um, okay. So that is, my little preview talk about somatics for all of you, thinking about how we can use our newfound mindsets, our self-awareness, our awareness in general to help heal our bodies because there often is an incongruence or a dissonance between what we know and what we feel in our bodies. You know, our hearts are like, yeah, we know this work, but it's not sticking. It's because we need the body on board and the body's like, "Mm, I don't know, (laughs) you know? So, uh, yeah, so that is something to look forward to in the next few weeks. Okay. So I brought out the gift collection of poems by Hafez to kind of do a little throwback to, um, the poems of the mystics. And so, uh, I just randomly selected this poem. I flipped through like Oracle pages and this one's called the ambience of love. We all sit in his orchestra, 
Some play their fiddles. Some wield their clubs. Tonight is worthy of music. Let's get loose with compassion. Let's drown in the delicious ambience of love. Yes, my friends, love. Let's soak in it. All right. And on that note, I will close as I always do. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.